Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Friday, Friday, July first. Well, we're July already. Oh my God! And it's uh, and it's Friday, so you know what we do on Fridays. It's Fighting Friday. It's Fighting Friday. We're discussing the uh, the MMA, the UFC uh, 276 slate coming up. Adesanya versus Cadenier. It's a, a two two five round fights, twelve fights total. So it's a little bit of a smaller card than I typically would like for a for a pay per view card. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, DFS strategy as it relates to that. Uh, but if you got any any other questions, anything you want to want to talk about. Just go on the YouTube chat. I, I talk to all of you in there. Give me those thumbs ups, right? Give me, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, hit whatever you want, right? Suki Singh here, typically first one in. Andrew Garcia, good morning. Matt Mears, Doug Montgomery, the Voga man. Daniel Hutchins is here. Hi, how you doing? Nerdy Tanner here for the for the MMA type stuff. Uh, for the MLB, we got a, we got a, what, a 10 game, 10 game slate, I think, later today. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be handling... Uh, the, the Dean and the guys here at Roto Grinders, they'll be they'll be handling that five o'clock Eastern, six twenty Eastern is crunch time free. Presented by FanDuel with Roth. I don't know if there's any weather, but uh, we'll be going over that also. So if you want your MLB stuff, tune in later today. Uh, and if you want more uh, MMA DFS stuff, uh, we recorded a slightly over a two hour uh, ground and pound podcast uh, last night. That should that should be up. It may be up or coming up, coming. It's, it'll be out today uh, with me, H3 Buddha, Mike Brown, Liam, picks fights, uh, the breakdown, every single fight, all the, the, the DFS implications of every fight, uh, optimal, you know, strategies as far as lineup construction are concerned. So, uh, so tune into that. If you're a Roto Grinders premium member, which you should be, you get access to everything here at Roto Grinders, including lineup HQ, which is which is the, the the tool that I use the most of anything in DFS. I eat my own dog food. I don't I don't I use exactly what's here at Roto Grinders. I was a Roto Grinders subscriber before I was a host here. So I've been using these tools for what five, six, seven years already. So uh to be a part of it, join the Discord. Uh if you're a premium member, you could join the Blenders Game Theory channel in our Discord. And I do uh private coaching calls. Uh, you know, I do I do them uh, three or four times a month. If you're a premium member, and we, we're going to have a, a little group chat, uh, the private coaching group chat later today. That's going to be at uh, eight o'clock, eight o'clock tonight, uh, right, right after the, you know, obviously the baseball game, the baseball slate starts. So get, get all your lineups in for that. And then uh, we'll be talking for, you know, an hour or two. And uh, you could share your screen. You could tell, ask that, whatever you want. I talked, I'm, I'm there. It's, it's your time and uh, it's never recorded. So you're more than welcome to share whatever you want to share. What stay? What stays in uh, the Zoom then never leaves the Zoom. Whatever. What happens in there never never leaves or whatever. Whatever you want. To, whatever the slogan is. Uh, but uh, but we're gonna talk MMA. Uh, we got two five round fights. I love these slates. I love them. I love them so much. When there's two five round fights, why do I love them so much? Okay, you should know. Remember, we're playing large field contests, especially large field contests, but even the smaller ones to some extent. Large field contests. The, the, the number one thing that's going, going to affect your ROI is how duplicated your lineups are with other people, right? So you're looking for reasonable lineups that are less duplicated. 
Do they have to be unique? Not necessarily, but they should be less duplicated. You don't want to play a lineup that's duplicated 74 times. A lineup that's duplicated two or three times may not be that bad. Now, obviously, you can get a very unique lineup by like, I'm going to play all the, the six biggest underdogs, right? And leave 8,000. I could, I could do this. I could press them all. Right, I can do this. It's like, okay, look, it's forty-two-four lineup. I'm leaving. Uh, I'm leaving a, a seventy-six hundred on the table, and I'm playing the six biggest underdogs. And if that's the optimal lineup, I'm probably going to be unique. Yeah, but the likelihood of this being the optimal lineup is very, very small. Okay, so even though you're unique, your win probability is extremely low. Okay, so you're looking for a balance of that. So sometimes that involves leaving money on the table. Sometimes you could find less duplicated lineups or even unique lineups, even in the high salary ranges. We've had some solo winners using 50,000 in salary. Typically those are 15 fight cards. There are a little bit more combinations involved. So that's why on this Friday show, I talk a lot about combinations, how to get different from the field, because simply using ownership sum is not going to, it's a guideline, but it's not, it's not going to be nearly as accurate as figuring out how many what like average amount of combinations there are of certain fighters. Okay. And this is why I like two uh, cards that have two five round fights. Okay. Because typically we have one five round fight, even on a fight night card, right? The main event is a five rounder. And typically those main events, because they're five rounds, which means you get an extra two rounds of potential scoring. Uh, yes. The ceilings and floors of the, of those fights tend to be higher, but also that they tend to be way over Okay, so a lot of times on those fight night cards, I'm I'm typically lower on the main event than than most people. Now that we have two of them, a lot of people, predominant amount of people, will play uh, a fighter from each of the five rounders. So not only is each of the five rounders going to be over owned, typically, and I believe on this card that's true, uh, that people are going to play two of them together, which severely limits the amount of combinations that you could make. So let's say for example. The worst case, the worst scenario is you're playing Adesanya at 9,400, the most expensive fighter on the slate. He's the main event favorite. And the co-main favorite is uh, is Volkanovsky, okay? So if you play them both together, they're both, you know, we we uh, we have him at what, 46, 43% owned, right? Okay, how many combinations is that? That's like 20, 20 plus percent of the field are going to have lineups that start with those two fighters. And you only got four guys left. Average remaining player salary is seventy nine hundred. So you can fit. You can. You, there are combinations to fit in, but let's say who, who are the most popular like underdogs? Well, how Drickus Duplessis, who's now now the favorite, a minus one fifty favorite. Now he started as the underdog, so he's he's a line, he's a line value play. Byron Barbarena, Sean Strickland. These are kind of line value plays because Sean Strickland's now the favorite in this fight also. So he's actually underpriced, right? He should be the eighty three hundred dollar fighter. Now he's the seventy nine hundred dollar fighter. Then you have Brian Barbarena. That 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 line started with like Lawler at like minus one sixty five, and now it's closer to a pick'em. It's like minus one twenty for Lawler. So we're going to see a lot of ownership on Barbarena, on Drickus Duplessis, obviously Holloway in lineups that don't have uh, Volkanovski. But let's say you play Drickus Duplessis also. He's like, okay, I'm going to play him as well, right? A lot of lineups are going to start like this. Okay, average remaining player salary seventy eight sixty seven, and you only got three spots left. Okay, so let's say this ownership is is, is fairly accurate. Okay, so we're going to go to our, our, our combo calculator, right? Or just very simple one, right? I'm going to put in the ownerships, right? And the, the, these are the contests from, from last week. So so maybe maybe the field sizes are slightly different. I could probably put that in. What's, what's the throwdown? 
Let me take a look at my phone. What the, what the throwdown looks like? How many? Thirty seven six forty seven. Okay, thirty seven thirty seven six forty seven at a twenty five dollar. Right, twenty five dollar. Okay, so the, the other ones I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put those in. Uh, but the main one is thirty seven thousand dollars. Thirty seven thousand field size. First place is what? First place is two hundred thousand. So there, so we could see what the dupes are. I don't really, net, I, I'm using this more to see what the average dupes is, whether, whether or not the payout and the the, multi, the max entry ROI, I don't care that much right now. Okay, so I got that. So now if these guys are going to be, let's say 43, 46, 43, right? We put that together. We just do an ownership product. We multiply the numbers together. 43, 46, 43, right? On average, It'll be about 8.5% of all the lineups in, in this contest, 3,200 lineups, will have a combination of those three players on average, right? It may not be exact, okay? How many combinations of the remaining three fighters are there? Okay, well, we could use lineup HQ to, to kind of see what that could be, right? Because it's going to try to make the combination. As long as I leave everything open, prevent stacking, Right to just leave everything open. I don't care what the salary is or anything. Just how many lineups can you build like this? Number of unique players, one. We just build this. So how many combinations could there be? No matter what the salary is. So we're going through. Let's see. We're already up to 130, 135, 140. Actually, there's a lot of combinations that you can make from 7867. Okay, it's going to stop 216. Okay, because you have ones that use a lot of salary. Like these ones are going to be immensely owned. Gabe Green, if like if you put those that three player combination and then put Jalen Turner, Brian Barberina, and Gabe Green, good luck. Throw that lineup out. Just throw it out. It's going to be duplicated on, I don't know, maybe 100, 150 times. Right? You're done. Right, Alex Pereira, 32% don't. Like, this lineup is out the window. I mean, the ones at the top over here, you can automatically tell. If you even just go and sort by by total ownership. If the, if the total ownership is high and the, and the salary is high, like, these lineups are just, you just throw them out. Right? But this combination, even if you go to the bottom of ownership, and you go, okay, leaving 2,000 on the table, Cerrone, I, Hall, with the same three fighters. Like, this could possibly be unique, maybe. But on average, there's 216 combinations. We got that. So we put that in, 216. So the average amount of duplication is 14. The average, remember. So if you see if you see these numbers, there's only 216 combinations of the la these last three fighters, and the average dupes are 14. Maybe these three fighters you shouldn't have in a lineup together. You're going to run into too many duplicates. Now, if you're going to sort them, like if we go to the top, that 14 number is just a, a general guideline. Average duplication. doesn't mean all these lineups will be duplicated 14 times each. This lineup up here may be duplicated 150 times, and the line, the lineups all the way down to the bottom may actually end up being unique or maybe only duplicated twice. But you scroll some, you scroll the way, your way through here, right? I could scroll a, a bit down, halfway down, something like this. And here's a 49.5 lineup. Right, has those three fighters, the three highest owned fighters. Jalen Turner at 34% owned, Stoliarenko at nine, 19, and I at nine, if we agree with this ownership. Like this lineup, won't he, I, I, this may not even be an under five. 
Let's put all these numbers in. 34, 19, and 9. Okay? 34, 19, 9. This lineup could still be duped 18 times. Easily. 18 times. Right? So the more that you scroll down, you go, okay, well, let me try this lineup. Let me try that lineup. By the time you get to the I mean, you're not going to find many lineups that contain Adesanya, Volkanovsky, and Duplessis that are that are not like heavily duplicated, like more than five times. So what 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 does that tell you? Maybe you don't play all three fighters together. Okay. Don't play if you're gonna play Adesanya and Volkanovsky, don't play Duplessis in the lineup. But the fact that these these guys Volkanovski and Adesanya are also two 9K fighters. There's not as many combinations of who you can play, right? You're going to have, you're going to be forced to play a two mid-range and two low cheap players, cheap, cheap fighters. And you end up landing on very similar combinations as other people. And this is the main reason why I like double five rounder type of cards. Because people will play two too often. Can you play one? Absolutely. But two so, like, one of the first things I do on cards like this is I I make a group to only only a, a max of one main, one five round fighter in my lineup, whether it be a a, a, a favorite or a dog. I don't want to play Adesanya and Volkanovski together. Not saying that that's not the most probable, right? We're not looking to be the most probable. We're looking to be the most profitable, long term profitable. So if you play Adesanya and Volkanovski together, they're going to run into a lot of combinations. Now, let's say, oh, I'll play Adesanya and Holloway instead. Well, you're going to run in a lot of those combinations because if you're going to... Now, now, if you play the main event favorite and the co-main event underdog, that too many of those combinations. Holloway, 33% owned. Let's say you play Volkanovski at 46% owned and Cannoneer, the main event underdog. Well, he's still going to be on like 16%. So, I mean, like, these combinations are more likely. You only have four fighters left. Now, if you do want to play these types of lineups, you have to be really careful, and you're probably going to leave a bunch of money on the table. If you're going to play lineups with two five-round fighters in it, leave a 1,000 on the table. I mean, like, I, I don't know how else you're going to possibly get less duplicated because anything 49-5 and above, like, it, it's going to, in a, in a 37,000 entry field contest, is going to be used. I, I'm, 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 I don't mind not doing that. I don't mind going away from the most probable to have the most pro- profitable. So me personally, uh, tomorrow, I will not have uh, two five round fighters in any of my lineups. At a single one of my, even my single entry three max lineups will not have two uh, five round fighters. Okay. I will have a lot of lineups that have no five round fighters in my lineups. Right, because so much of the ownership is going to those fights. Adesanya forty-three, Volkanovski forty-six. Right, there's there's, there's a total of what six hundred percent worth of ownership in a contest. Right, six fighter slots and a hundred percent in each slot. Right, forty-three plus forty-six is what eighty-nine plus the point whatever. So you got ninety. Ninety plus Holloway. Right, one hundred and thirty thirty. What? We got 90, 124, and 16, 100, 140, 140% of the ownership, right? So we have a quarter of the entire ownership of, of everything is condensed into two fights, okay? So how much leverage is there by not having one of that, right? 
These 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 fights are over on. You can even see on my 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 odd sheet. Right, I have the RG ownership. I have my own kind of like first run of kind of adjusted ownership. The RG projection, the RG ceiling in this column, which I don't use, but I'm going to just put it in this column just as an example. And you can see here that like guys like Adesanya up here, Volkanovski, even Holloway down here a little bit. Don't, I mean, from an ownership standpoint, Andre Muniz, he's a minus 180 inside the distance. He has, you know, he has as much of a ceiling as any of these other guys. Like we have him at 45% though, and I think he'll come in less. I think he'll come in 38 to 40%. Like why can't he put up 120 points, right? Sean O'Malley, not a five-round fight. You know, he could he could throw 150 strikes. He could get a get a second round knockout or something like that or whatever. He could score 100 plus points. Right? We got guys in the mid-range, Jalen Turner, plus 130 inside the distance, Alex Ferreira, plus 175 inside the distance, Jim Miller plus 135, Sean Strickland, Drickus Duplessis, of course will be owned. We've a lot of a lot of fighters in the mid-range that can put up 100 points in a win. So if people are going to be playing, you know, these five-round fighters, especially Izzy, Adesanya, he's, he doesn't grapple, right? He's not a wrestler, which is, you know, DraftKings scoring, you know, gives you more for, for grappling points. Control time, takedowns, ground and pound, ground strikes, right? So these, these stand-up striker point fighters typically have much lower ceilings on DraftKings. So if Izzy is going to be 40% owned at the most expensive fighter on the slate. He has to be a top six fighter. Now in five rounds, yeah, he could give you, a, he, he could put up a hundred, right? But for the most part, he, he really doesn't strike that much. He's a technical, he's a technical kickboxer. That's what he is, right? And Cannoneer is more of like, a, you know, kind of a low volume power puncher. So the pace of this fight is probably going to be low, and Adesanya is probably going to be on the outside. And, you know, we've seen even in his five-round wins, 87 points on a decision. Even on fights where he's like, he wins all five rounds. So, like, if 40% of the field is going to play a guy that, compared to other fighters on the slate, has, I think, a much limited ceiling outside of a knockout in the first round, especially, uh... I just want people to go down that road. I will have very little Israel Adesanya tomorrow as the most expensive fighter because so many other fighters can beat him. And it's since it's the main event in five rounds and he's the biggest favorite on the slate, especially in a public card, right? These pay-per-views tend to get a little bit more casual, casual money in the field. He'll be overrun. I mean, I think he's over. I think even if he was 30% on, he's overrun. Of course, yes, he could have. I mean, Gastel against Gastelum and Brunson, he's had he had multiple knockdowns in those fights and scored 120 plus points. Those are outliers to me. Do you think he's going to score three knockdowns? Well, I mean, if it if it happens, yeah, okay, that that's the range of outcomes. I can't say that something can happen. I'm saying compared to the probability of him scoring 100 points, his is he's he's overowned. And I could say the same thing for Volkanovski. Technically, also, if he's going to be 45 percent owned. If he doesn't wrestle, which against Max Hall, like this is the third fight between these two same fighters. And I don't, I don't think anyone expects it to be any different than the first two fights. In those, those two fights, Volkanovski won. 
103 and 94 points. And the 103 score was even with three takedowns. So it's like, yes, Volkanovski against a much more dominant, in a much more dominant situation. Yeah, he, he, he could have seven takedowns. He could, do, he could do a lot of stuff. A lot more striking, a lot, you know, a lot more volume. I don't even think he at 9,000. I think they're still O'Malley, Muniz, Gary, Miller, Jessica Rose Clark. I mean, I think every fight, I think nearly, nearly every fight on this slate has a has a, a hundred point upside, no matter what the price is. Right? We don't have that many boring fights. Like boring, like bar, DFS boring. Maybe Barber, Barber I is maybe the closest. Right. But she's but that fight's gonna be very low owned. So at least you get that benefit of like, yeah, Barbara and I probably winner. Probably, you know, I don't I don't see a hundred points happening there. But what's the probability of that? It's low, but the ownership is low also. That fight was more owned and he wouldn't play any of them, right? Even the Jessica Rose Clark Stolyarenko fight. Stolyarenko is like an arm bar from guard type of specialist. He get, she can get a submission in the first round. There you go, 90 plus. Jessica Rose Clark could, you know, five takedowns. Stoli Ranko's just on the ground trying to trying to arm throw up arm bars for three rounds. Well, Rose Clark has, you know, Jessica Rose Clark has about 12 minutes of control time. She could put up 100. Who says that? Right? Yeah, and then you got KOs and all the other fights. Right? I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Muniz, first round submission. He could he could have eight takedowns in that fight against Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall can knock him out also. Right? So. You got KO there, Green and Gary. Like all these other fights. I mean, I could Robbie Lawler, Brian Barbarina. These are two guys that who knows the state of, you know, the, neither of them have any any striking defense, pretty much. And uh they're pretty old and won multiple injuries. And who knows what happens that that's gonna be a you know messy fight. Anything could happen. 100 points for either side. So the fact that I see so many fights that could get a hundred points. I don't feel all that concerned about, well, uh, if the five-round fighters are going to be that owned, maybe they're not necessary, right? I think it's more likely, if if out of any of them, the one that I'm, the the the, the guys that I'm, uh, I'm more scared of Volkanovski than I am of, of, of Israel Adesanya, only because of the wrestling upside. If, if, if Volkanovski decides that he wants to, to primarily attack through grappling, yeah, he could put up a massive score. He could put up 150 points, right? Izzy, I don't see that. Izzy, he needs a knockout in the first round for that type of thing, or multiple knockdowns. So if anything, at least I see, I see, I see a fight style. I'm, not, I don't think this fight plays out on the mat that often because the past two two fights didn't. It's a high volume striking affair, but in a decision, even that. I don't think they're going to go to war. I don't think this is going to be, you know, 12 significant strikes a minute type of thing. It could happen. But at least Volkanovski, I can understand. Like, if he decides to primarily wrestle, he has immense upside. Holloway's not going to wrestle, but Holloway's also 7,200. This fight is much closer than the Izzy uh, Cannoneer fight. So I don't mind. See, Holloway, on the other hand, on the other end of the spectrum, I don't mind, mind playing a lot of Holloway. Because on this fight card, it's quite possible that some of these these favorites score big. And it's quite possible that maybe only one or two underdogs win on the entire slate that are technically, that are, that are priced as an underdog, right? Maybe more that are priced. But I mean, Duplessis and Strickland are 8,700. 
Like if they're the if they're the lowest underdogs that win, you can't even fit in a lineup that has them as the, the lowest priced fighter. So you're gonna still have to play someone underneath them. So it's still quite possible that in a five round loss, Holloway is in the optimal line. Holloway has 60 points and he outscores anyone that loses underneath them also around in this area as well. So I'm much more likely to play Holloway much more than Adesanya or Volkanovsky. And you can say, well, how about Cannoneer? Well, I mean, he's even cheaper. But like Max Holloway, like a volume striker, this is a fight that's more likely to go the distance. And it's a closer fight. Maybe he could win, right? He's only a plus 165 underdog. So the fact that he could, if he wins, maybe he puts up 90 or 100 points. Okay, that's much. Cannoneer has to pretty much knock out Adesanya for that to happen. It's very hard for me to see Cannoneer winning a decision in five rounds. Just doesn't have the volume. Like he would have to just hurt Izzy three different rounds and not get a finish. Unlikely scenario. It could happen, yes. So I think Cannoneer in a loss, even in five rounds, still only scores like 35 points. Holloway in a loss could score 60, 65, maybe even 70 in a loss or something like that. That could be useful. Well, if, yeah, if if Volkanovsky loses and scores 70 points, it's not going to be useful at 9,000. Yeah, Vogelman says, Izzy almost needs that quick win bonus. Right? I mean, yeah, I mean, to some extent, yes, he's 9,400. He needs 125 points. It depends, obviously, on the relative scoring of of everyone else on the slate. We start seeing a lot of low-scoring decisions early on. Then, yeah, yeah, then, then Izzy scoring 105 points, 100 points. Maybe fine. He could be a top. He could be the sixth highest scoring fighter and at a hundred and still be in the optimal line. But based on these inside the distance odds, I expect. I. I mean, based on the probabilities, there should be that there should be more more than half the fights should should be st- have stoppages in it. Okay, so more stoppages meaning the high score, typically higher scoring, which means if that this is the if this is the highest price fighter, I I need to make sure that. Uh, he could actually score like a hundred, like 110, 120 points. I think I'm more likely to play Muniz, right? Especially, especially with the name value, right? Public card, more casuals playing. Okay, they know Izzy, and if they don't play Izzy, oh, they'll play they'll play Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah, they know Sean O'Malley, right? They play Volkanovski. Oh, Ian Gary's kind of a prospect, right? From from what England, right? Jim Miller. I mean, he's been around forever, right? Okay, I know that guy, Robbie Lawler. Right? I mean, he's a legend. Right, not anymore, but I mean, but but he's a name, right? Alex Pereira, you know, he's he's a name. Even even he's up and comer. You know, you know, kickboxing with Israel with Izzy, right? Sean Strickland, all these guys are named. Then you look at Andre Muniz up here, and you go, who's Andre Muniz? It's like, well, he he's a third degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, a competent wrestler, and he's facing a guy that has virtually no ground game. It virtually has not, nothing to offer on the ground. So, like, either Uriah Hall knocks him out or Muniz submits him. And if if Muniz has to get him down a bunch of times, like, his ceiling is just immense, even in three rounds. And people don't know, people, who's Andre Muniz? So that's why I think the ownership is going to be a little bit lower on him. He'll still be extremely owned. Let me just tell you, Muniz will be close to, what, 40% owned. But I think he's actually under-owned at 40%, while Izzy being 40% owned is, is over I have Muniz as the highest projected ceiling on the entire slate. 
The second, the second would be Volkanovski. So at least I understand. I understand Volkanovski, right? If you're like, I don't know about fading two five round fights. I don't. I don't have that many. I don't have enough balls like I do, right? But I have the balls. I try to win first place solo in these contests. How many lineups are going to have none of the main event fighters in it? Much less. I'm not going to run into that many duplicated combinations. But one way I could get di- one way I could get different is just be way over the field on Muniz. I'll still play plenty of Volkanovski, but I'll be way under the 46%. I'll be way under that. Then he got like Drickus Duplessis, right? He's now minus 150 at 8,000. Plus 135 inside the distance. But these are great numbers for that price, 8,000. But really at like 40% owned, 38 to 40% owned, like this is against Tavares. Tavares, this is most likely going to be a stand-up striking affair. It's going to be just you know, standing up. Now, can Tavares get hurt? Absolutely. Can Duplessis knock him down three times? Yeah, that that that. I would not consider that to be an unreasonable outcome. But past the first round, how does Duplessis score 100 points without multiple knockdowns or something? It's kind of hard. No wrestling. I see the same thing with the Lawler and Barbarena fight. I think Barbarain is going to be very heavily owned. He'll be 30, 35% owned. I don't see any wrestling in that. So as long as you are able to fade a, a, the, the first round, you should be good. There's a lot of, a lot of these fights are, are striking-based fights. And on DraftKings, I like targeting the grappling-based fights. And we have a predominant amount of striking-based fights. But then we have ones that may have more grappling upside. Muniz, Jalen Turner. Right? Grappling upside. Jessica Rose Clark, grappling upside. Jim Miller, grappling upside. Even Ian Gary to some extent. I don't know if he's necessarily going to take down Gabe Green. And then we have Sean Strickland. Who knows what's going through his head? Against Alex Pereira, he should be grappling. He should try take him down. Alex Pereira is a pure kickboxer. With limited or a, a not, who knows, unknown ground game. Sean Strickland, is he the best on the mat? No, but he's a he's a competent MMA fighter all around. He probably should be taking Alex Ferreira down instead of trying to get into a kickboxing fight with a pure kickboxer. A poor, a pure world-class level kickboxer. But Sean Strickland's also his fight IQ and, and his regular IQ is not all that high. He he fights on ego sometimes. Maybe he's just like, nope, I'm 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 gonna win kickboxing. Well, if he decides to wrestle, then yeah, he has more and more upside on DraftKings. So I look at those fights. I look at like Strickland. I look at Turner. Even the Miller Cerrone fight. Even the Cerrone side. People look at Cerrone as this old guy that's washed, but Cerrone's ground game is actually very good. And Jim Miller, even though he knocked out the past two opponents, he's still more of a Take you down and submit you type of type of fighter, but Donald Cerrone ain't no ain't no slouch on the ground at all. So this fight could could there could be a lot of grappling in this in this fight. It could also just be a stand up affair, right? And and they both they both get hit in the face a bunch. So I don't mind Cerrone. I think he has upside. Reversals. He ends up in top position when Jim Miller tries to take him down, or vice versa. Who knows? So it's like I see a lot of this. Like O'Malley Munoz, that, that there's gonna be no grappling there. Even Bar, like Barbara could do some takedowns on I, but I mean I don't expect that. 
So it's like people are targeting these. Like, yes, I get it. Based on based on the 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 betting odds, yeah, Duplessis looks looks good. But like his all of his ceiling comes from finishing equity, early finishing equity, which is fine if you build low low owned fighters around him or whatever. Okay, that, that's doable. Like I don't, I see myself having Dupl. I still would have Duplessis in my lineups. I'm playing a hundred lineups. But probably Duplessis would be in lineups that have no main, no five round fighter in it. Just due to combinations. I'm getting rid of so much ownership. So I don't mind taking on a 43% owned AK fighter as long as I, I don't have, uh, you know, since he's going to be paired with a lot of main event five round fighters. So let's say I play Duplessis and I build even, even, because even a Duplessis and Muniz line, like, you may not be able to get a unique lineup. That's going to be tough. But let's say you do. Let's say you do something like this. I'll show it on the screen. Okay, so you could still play Duplessis, just not in a lineup with Adesanya, Volkanovski, Holloway, or Cannonier. So maybe you play Mooney's. May I? I'm not even sure if you could even do that. He's 45 percent owned, right? And let's say let's say we play 14 percent owned Jessica Rose Clark. Right, we played Donald Cerrone, right? I mentioned that before. Right, you got 83.50 left, right? Like Jalen Turner, maybe a little too owned for the, even in this lineup because you're playing Muniz in it. Maybe, let's see. Jim Miller, he's owned, right? Enough. Maybe we play Riddell. You play Riddell at, at, against Turner, who's going to be a little bit more chalkier. And then you play Sean Strickland. Right, instead of Alex Pereira. So you go. You're leaving a thousand on the table. Like this lineup is doable. You're leaving a thousand on the table. Let's put let's put this lineup through uh, the combo calculator. So what do we got? Forty three, forty five. Right, forty three, forty five. Fourteen, thirteen, twenty one, eighteen. Fourteen, thirteen, twenty one, eighteen. Average dupe five. Okay. I'm good with this. This could be a unique lineup. Because you're leaving a thousand on the table also. So if this lineup was like 49-8, then maybe it's duplicated five times. This may be this may be a unique or like a lineup that's duped once. Which I I'm fine with at 200,000 first place. I don't mind. I'm aiming for under fives. But that's what I aim for. So this lineup would be fine. Right? But but you get way past that once you start putting in more, you know, let's say we put in a main event fighter. Let's say instead of Cerrone at 13, we put in Holloway at 33. We go back to our combo calculator. Instead of 13, we put in 33. Well, now we more than double the average duplication, right? But it's a 48-7 lineup. So maybe it's not duped 12 times. Maybe, maybe this is duped three times. Maybe this is still fine. Three times. But let's say we take out Holloway, we put back in Cerrone, right? We have a thousand to spend. I'll put this back to thirteen. Now instead of Jessica Rose Clark, because you have a thousand to spend, you put in Volkanovski. So instead of Rose Clark at fourteen, you put Volkanovski at forty-six. Now we change that. Next thing you know, average dupes go triple, and you're playing three forty-plus percent owned fighters in your lineup. I'm assuming this lineup, which also spends 49 4, 
This lineup may be duped eight times, eight to 10 times, maybe. And as we move up the salary scale, let's say we even take out a low owned fighter, but we just move, we just move it up. So instead of uh, like, let's say Sean Strickland to, can we go up to Robbie Lawler? 600 more. Yes, we can get Robbie Lawler. So we take out Strickland at, what was Strickland's ownership? 18. And we put in Lawler, who's 19, which is not that much difference. But this is a 50K lineup. So I'm going to change Strickland 18 to Lawler's 19. Seven, average dupe 17. And it's probably closer to 17 because this is a 50K lineup. So this lineup would be a, a throw throw the lineup out. But most likely, these th- once you have three 40-plus percent on fighters in your lineup, you're going to be throwing out like 95% of your lineup. Maybe you're able to find some lineups that are under five. Maybe. Maybe. But to me, I'm much more likely to just create groups. To just not even have those combinations. Right? So I take a look and I go, okay. I'm going to go into, you know, player groups. And go, well, I don't. I only want one uh, Adesanya, Cannoneer, Volkanovski, and uh, Holloway. And go max one. Right, max one, max two, so max one. But then also, going to all the 40% on fighters, right? Izzy, Muniz, Volkanovski, Duplessis, right? We go, we go to, are those the 40% on fighters at least? So you go here and you go, okay, well, Adesanya, Volkanovski, Muniz, and Duplessis, and go max one. Max two, even. I mean, Max, we were doing with a three. Truthfully, I'd probably go max one. But still, at most two. And maybe you throw in 30% on. Maybe you, you do this. Max two on that, and then you start throwing in the 30% on fighters. So you go, I mean, O'Malley's close. So Izzy Muniz, Volkanovski. So we're adding Miller, Turner, Pereira. Miller, Turner, Pereira, Barbarena, and Holloway. Miller, Turner, Pereira, Barbarena. So maybe we're going here and we're going Miller, Turner, Pereira, Barbarena, and adding that to this group. So maybe you don't want more than two of this, but maybe you don't want, we have to add Holloway also, right? Holloway's also 30 plus percent owned. Adesanya, Muniz, Volkanovski, Duplessis. And now we add Adesanya, Volkanovski, Duplessis, Muniz. We say, well, we don't want more than, than three total. We don't want more than three fighters that are more than 30 plus percent on. You add them together. And now you're more likely when you start, start building some lineups building more unique, more less duplicated lineups at least, right? Because even if we did this, right? Let's say we ran 10 lineups with these groups, only one, only two, no more than two, no more than three. I mean, we're still, even the top of this is going to be too duplicated probably, right? So like the best lineup, the highest projected lineup based on our projections, it was this. Volkanovski, O'Malley, Turner, Barbarena, Stolarenko, Strickland. Like, 
This would be duplicated too much. Let's see. I mean, we could put this in. 40, uh, 18, 19. Let's put this in. 18, 19. 34, 34, 29, 46. 29, 46. Yeah, average dude, 19. Right. You wouldn't be right. Spends most of the salary. Still too high. Right. But you're at least you're on the right track. So you'd figure out even more. That's why I'd contain this even less. Like me personally, I'd probably do like no more than one. And then this possibly no more than one. And then this no more than two. So what is what is like the top 10 lineups look like that? Okay. Well, now you're getting a little bit lower. Stoli Renko, Lawler, Holloway, Gary, Turner, O'Malley. Yeah, this is much more unique. Still may not even be unique enough, but let's see. Here's the top projected lineup with those groups. Spends 49-8. So 1919. So we're avoiding a lot of fighters. 1919. 3327. 3327. And the last two are 34 and 29. 34, 29. 11. Okay, we would increased in in half but once you start getting down to like well these are the top 10 if i were to build like 300 i start to see a lot more unique lineups i'd start eliminating some of the top ones and going all the way down there which means by you know by the byproduct of that is you're probably going to get less of the high-owned fighters the high-owned fighters that are more likely to win and put up a lot of points Right, so you have that. You have to have the cojones. You have to have the cojones to like. Okay, I'm going to be playing slates every week, right? And play like this, and lose most weeks, lose money, play a hundred lineups, lose twenty percent, lose thirty percent, lose fifty percent. Sometimes you lose ninety percent. You play fifty weeks out of the year. 45 or what, 46 or whatever amount of UFC slates there are. You're just playing like this every week, waiting for chaos. That's all you're doing, waiting for chaos, waiting for the, the non-probable things to happen, the things that are that have a higher probability of happening that the field, you know, the field doesn't think so. They go, oh, when is this going to happen? Well, that's why we have betting lines, right? When you go, oh, there's no, there's no way O'Malley loses the Munoz. Like, well, he's, he's only a minus 290 favorite. That's a 74% chance, right? If you think he has no chance, you should be betting minus 290. Betting, bet on it. Go to a sports book. Go to FanDuel Sportsbook and bet on it. No chance. Like, that's what, the, that's what these percentages mean. If the betting market is reasonably efficient, then these are the, these are the percentages. So you can't say that nothing not's going to happen. So be like, oh, Cerrone has no chance. Like, well, he's the 38%, he has a 38% win in probability. Minus two, plus 270 inside the distance. He has a 15% chance, according to the betting line, of winning in the first round. Well, he's old and washed and whatever. Well, then, then bet on, bet the no on the round one or something. I don't know if there is a bet like that. You bet the opposite of that then. No chance. No, it's a low chance. It's not a no chance. So yeah, 85% of the time, he doesn't get a first round finish. But 15% of the time he does. And how owned is he? He's lower owned. So when that happens, you make more money. Doesn't happen that often. But when it does, you make way more money than you should in that scenario because the field does not rate it at the correct probability. 
So you'll you'll have to play slate after slate where most probable outcomes happen, right? Three 40-plus percent on fighters put up 100-plus points. The winning lineup in your GPP is split 88 times, and you lose money, right? Then you move on to the next slate, and you do the same thing. And you keep on doing that. And out of 45 slates in a year or something, you're probably going to lose 40 of them. Probably that's most probably going to happen. You're going to lose forty of them, but you're going to win money on about five of them. How much money can you win on the five? Two hundred thousand dollars, or a split of that, hundred thousand, eighty thousand. Maybe it's maybe maybe you end up with a six-way split on a hundred. You end up with uh, thirty thirty-two thousand. Well, that makes up for everything else that you've ever played for the entire year. And maybe you have five, you have five slates. They have a shot at that. And sometimes maybe you make a small profit, right? You don't get first, but you get, you get a bunch of your lineups in the top hundred and you turn whatever, you know, you put in a hundred lineups at 15 bucks a piece. That's 1500 bucks. You turn 1500 into 2,700 or 3,200 or something. You, you win money, but not much. But those slates, you had a shot. You, you have a unique combination. If you win solo, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars you Dude, you could lose every slate for the next three years and still be profitable. Next four years and still be profitable. That's what you're playing for. So you have to get outside of the mindset of thinking, what's the most probable thing going to happen? And how do I build my lineup for the most probable thing? That's not how you make money in DFS. That's actually how you actively lose money in DFS, playing large field GPPs. Cash games, you want to play double ups like that? Go ahead. That's how you should be playing that. Lucas Unesco says Strickland says he'll wrestle. We'll see. All, all you have to learn from Sean Strickland is whatever comes out of his mouth, who, his actions and his words, who knows? He should wrestle. He should wrestle. I mean, he could probably he could beat he could be Pereira on his feet also, but it's gonna be much, much closer fight there. Right? Sean Strickland's a much better overall MMA fighter. This is a very, very, I think a very steep step up in competition for Alex Pereira. And I think Strickland should be favored. It's kind of weird where the uh, the line opened with Pereira as the favorite. And that's why the pricing is 8,300, 7,900 the other way. I think Strickland should be favored in the fight. But I'm not here to predict fights. If you want to hear about the predictions of the fights and how they're going to play out, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. You get the MMA Grounded Pound podcast, right? We talked about it for two hours. Liam breaks down the fights, right? Because he he knows the, you know he, he knows more about MMA than I forgot, right? Or I mean, whatever, and way more because he has actual experience doing it. Me, I just look at numbers. I, I don't even I don't even know what half these people look like. I don't think I know what I actually. It's a pay per view card. I know what most of these people look like because I do watch I do watch the cards. Uh but yeah. So so listen to the ground ground and pound podcast. The expert survey will also come out for premium members. Uh, we'll have the projections updated, the ownership updated. You'll be able to use lineup HQ, everything for the, the UFC 276 card coming up tomorrow on Saturday. So sign up there, click on the link in the description. You get $10 off your first month. And if you have any MMA questions, you could always go into our MMA discord, right? Our discord channel as an MMA channel, my blenders game theory channel. If you have any DFS strategy questions, you know, game theory related, not to a specific slate, but just in general. We want to talk about anything and I'll be doing a live uh, private coaching call for, you know, the link will be posted in, in the, in the discord for that. 
And that's going to be tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern. So if you're a premium member, look out for the link five minutes before in that channel. And we got MLB coming up later today, right? Dean and the guys at 5 o'clock Eastern, 620 is crunch time. Leading up to lock with all the, the weather reports if you need it. All the, you know, the the the, spide, the spidey bombs. I think TJ, TJ Cheese will be there. But you get all your MLB le, uh, needs later today. You got live locks on the Scores and Odds channel for your for your betting stuff, prop betting. Grant will be on there to, talking about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, so um, so good luck. Don't dupe me. Good luck if you if we're playing the same contest. I I got a root for you to to not dupe me. But if we're not playing, if you're playing the mini max or something that I can't even play, good luck. I have a unique lineup. Have some fun. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Helps us out a lot. The subscribe button, the notification bell, hit that every hit everything you want. And I will see you back again on the other side. Oh, I'll be back July 4th. There's a show. We'll be we'll be back on July 4th uh with, with James on, on Monday as usual, uh answering your DFS strategy questions on the DFS pregame show on Roto Grinders.com. <laughs>